Hey, hey, come catch this wave with the fix squad. The fix is in. I'm Mr. Soul. I'm tuning in. What you doing? Got him. Real hip hop revealed that a fix. Pure, you can feel it in the mix. Finally, stop pushing the culture forward. This is it. Proceed at your own risk. Got him. Beach balls and life, giving them truth in it. Screaming revolution when only a few minutes. My sentiments is acting. Everything that we do cut. Another reason to turn the volume up. Sheesh, know what we stand doing. Solid ground when we land. Say it's no use, the culture was out of hand. But now that I reach, we gotta stick to the plan. Dark days with the sunshine. Any good news, I'm proof that it's living. Yeah, revolving the art, the shot go with it. Keeping the beans on the block, don't miss it. Welcome to the city stand up. James left, but the king still reigns here. No tears, no love lost, no rain here. Delivers, I promise, Santa reindeer. Love, love for the city still resides here. Fix for your ailment, faith that resides outside the lines. Detox your mind, cause it matters. Art, art outside the box, we paint better. The fix is in, and we rock a channel. We rock with them for what's deep within. Expose those who talk but don't live. Expose those who talk but don't live. Take offense, take offense. Judge by the fruit from the tree. But if the fruit tastes like the streets, and money is the fruit that they speak, so tell me whose face do they see? Repeat. Take offense, take offense. Judge by the fruit from the tree. But if the fruit tastes like the streets, and money is the fruit that they seek, so tell me whose face do they seek? Yes, sir. And now tune in to The Fix, your source for fake and fused hip hop, RB, and poetry. I go by the name of DJ Focus. Squad in here with me. What's up, Rico Swag? What's good, man? Man, good to see you, family. Good to see you too, sir. Oh man, uh, you know how 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 you doing, man? You know we we don't get the chance to really talk on just everything with the pandemic and how life has kind of like been altered and changed. Where you know we all need uh, interviews during these interviews via uh, Zoom chat. You know how how are you and the family, man? How how are you just working and everything, man? We good, man. I, I do everything from home now, so I think the only time I need to leave is to go to the gym and then go uh, grocery stuff. I don't even do that much, so. Do you do you do you enjoy working from home? Is that something that like could you do that the rest of your life? Yes, <laughs> I most definitely could. I you said you ain't got a problem with her. <laughs> nope, not at all. See, I'm the total opposite. I, it kind of it kind of you know messes with my mind a little bit. I like to kind of be like out and interact with people. Uh, so I, I'm not the the homebody. I, I like to kind of be out and about. But I'm getting used to it. I, I haven't adapted to it. Um, I'm getting used to it. Um, but I yeah. interact with my wife and kids, so uh, <laughs> you said that's enough interaction enough. for me. Yeah, that's good enough for you. Once again, you're tuned into The Fix, and of course, our mission here is to expose the culture to positive but relevant music that keeps Jesus Christ at the center of the message. And uh, as always, we got another hot show. Uh, you know how we do it, y'all. We keep these hot interviews for y'all. We got new music we want to talk about today, some projects getting ready to drop. And uh, yeah, right now, Rico Suave, man, let's 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 welcome in, man. Um, I had the pleasure um, of meeting this, uh, this, this young brother, man, um, when I went to... Uh, the A3C Festival in Atlanta, man. Rapzilla hosted a A3C Festival, which Atlanta hosts this festival every year. But Rapzilla uh, got a part of it uh, last year. I believe last October it was. And uh, yeah, man, we just got the vibe, and man, this brother, man, is is a cesspool of knowledge when it comes to uh, spiritual uh, talking conversation. And he's a dope artist. I think he's a unique artist in himself. Uh, Fix Nation, let's welcome me and D Swan to the building. What's good, D Swan? What's hey, good, St. Louis on. Huh? What's going and, on, everybody? How y'all doing? And if you can see, he has is that a pug? Is that a pug? Uh, is that a pug or is it a bulldog? What, which one is it? Is it a pug? <laughs> this guy has the mascot, uh, um, 
pug. I don't even know what do you call that? What is that? Just 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 what is that swab? What is that? <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it is a pug. Um, okay. I do love pugs. I think they're one of the most unique dogs. Um they look ang- like they look like angry men, like old men, but in a dog body. Okay. So is this your is this your con is this your Kanye rant? Is this like this Kanye and the whole teddy bear? Is this is is this where we're going today? I just want to know where we're going so I know how to direct the questions. What 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 why did you come out with the pug uh, helmet this morning on the Zoom chat with us? <laughs> to be to be frank with you, there's a couple reasons. I'm gonna give you the three of those couple. One, like I've I haven't saw my barber. Like it's been crazy with going. <laughs> I haven't saw my barber, so my hair is like white now. Two, okay. um, like the pug thing, it, it was like I got the mask, got a goodwill with my wife. We were just playing around with costume, like head, like costume heads, and this kid got so immune to me rocking this pug head, and I was like, you know what, this could be like a signature thing for me. So I bought it because my intention with my music is always to reach to you so i was like why not and then you know my final reason it's just cool i just like it <laughs> hey go ahead go ahead and roll with it man so we always we always start off man our first question we we want to ask you man can you share a little bit of your faith story with the people kind of maybe like how you came to christ or when maybe when you rededicated your life to christ and what that kind of looks like um as a kid um, I grew up in the church. Um, my mom, um, I, I was raised by a single parent, by my mother. Um, no, no, nothing against my dad. You know, it just, he was in the military. So I really didn't see him. So I didn't have him in my life like that. So um, my mom uh, got me in the church because my grandmother planted that seed in her as a kid. So um, I would go to church then. I wasn't really saved. I was just going because my parents told me to go. Um, it wasn't until I was like literally 21 that I dedicated my life to Christ for real and accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Mm-hmm. And since I've done that, like it changed a lot of things in my life. Like what drew me to it was the fact I lost one of my good close friends and my uncle the same year. Because my close friend that died that year, uh, he actually um, was killed. And when I was homeless in my sophomore, junior year of high school, he opened up his door to me um, and gave me food, gave me clothes. I still have a pair of gave me still today, where every October, once a week, in memory of him, his name is Andrew. And then my uncle, his name is Emmanuel. They they were really close figures to my life. So when I was when they died, it kind of like put me at a, a curvy point in my life. And uh, I will never forget. I was at a party, and before I went to that party, I was praying and talking to God. Then, like you know, asking him, like, man, I'm tired of going down this this crazy curvy road that I was in, where I just didn't know what I was doing anymore. I was just angry and depressed and God talked to me while I was at this party and told me, it's like, man, if you don't get up and leave, you'll never live out to see the full potential and the calling I have for you. And uh, he said it to me three times that night. 
And uh, I actually left that party, and after that, I never went back. And, you know, it led me to where I am today. Wow, wow. You said some powerful things. So did I hear you correctly? You said uh, around 15, 16 years old, you were homeless. Did you, is that, was that accurate? Yeah, like, um, there was, a, like, my, me and my mom, we had this house that we lived in. And the person my mom was paying rent to, uh, he said that he owned the house, but he did. And what ended up happening was when pe people will start showing up to our house at the time, looking at our house saying, oh, well, your house is on the market. Like, it, it says that no one lives here. And we're like, my mom was like, no, we've been paying rent here, blase, blase. And turn to come to find out the guy never owned the house. And my mom was paying all this rent money to this man that never owned this house. So then we were, we got kicked out on the street. And uh, at that time I had like a, uh, a blue Chevy Lumina and I parked it at this high school I went to in the back because I was eligible to get a parking pass by my principal. And what I would do is keep my clothes, my school books and things like that in the trunk. And I would sleep in the back seat some nights. And, uh, and at that time when you're 15, 16 years old, like it's you're getting to that point where you're kind of like trying to understand things, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And then a lot of life choices get placed at you at that time because you're studying for your ACT, SAT, all those little things. And it was a lot to juggle trying to do music, trying to study to figure out what I wanted to do. And again, I didn't have a male role model there. So that played a huge part too. So, but God placed my buddy Andrew in my life at that time where he allowed me to go to his house to stay there because he saw me um, like go to my car after we hung out that uh, one time and, and, he, and he watched me go straight into my car and I never left. So that, that's when he knew like something was up. So then he invited me over to his house later that day. And I ended up you know, hearing my story. He was like, bro, if you need a place to crash, you know, there's food in the fridge. We can, you want to play, you know, GameCube. This is when GameCube was popping. He said, you want to play Smash Brothers? She said, bro, you can do that too, whatever. So he showed me an act of like hospitality and kindness. And like I said, he played a huge part in my walk because like I said, if he didn't do what he did and God didn't place him in my life at the time that he did, and he didn't open up himself to me, like I don't think I would be where I am today. Wow, that's that's powerful. That's powerful. So, wow, wow. So yeah. So speak a little bit about your spiritual resume. What, what besides outside of just kind of like studying and reading the Bible, what other tools do you use to kind of build up your your spiritual being? Um, to be fun, as funny as it sounds, like I went to school for youth ministry and stuff. And they never taught us little things to do besides praying and reading your Bible. But then when I've been around a lot of buddies who like study, like, you know, mental stuff, they will tell me like, D, why don't you go run? Uh, D, why don't you go uh, play basketball? D, you have to speak to yourself. Like people think that's crazy, but sometimes you got to speak to yourself to encourage yourself and uplift yourself sometimes because sometimes the people that you look for to do that so um that is, he said if you have to go out in the middle of the field and go yell just release all that stress out you know what i mean so 
there's so many little uh, like things that kind of help me to like keep myself balanced because when you're an artist mm-hmm. and not only just an artist but a married man too you do like it's a lot of challenges you face and it can become a point to where you don't know how to balance some things out of course you go to god and you seek god for guidance you go in prayer those things are great but then there's some other things that you kind of have to do in order to see that kind of proceed through because you know faith without works is dead so it does require you to do something you uh you you talked about balance and you're you're people don't understand you're a different type of artist uh and a producer like you mix different genres together talk more about that like how what do you do and and what's your thought process during during that whole thing like i'm gonna tell you a fun fact like a lot of people don't know this but i used to produce for a lot of different artists that was secular as a ghost producer, I can't tell you all that because obviously it will ruin the whole concept of ghost producing. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> but like what kind of helped me was like studying other genres growing up in college, learning different like cadences, um, different cultures, and then figuring out like how can I incorporate this with this? It was almost like watching the scene of the five heartbeats where that little girl said, well, you can put this lyric with this one. You know what I'm saying? And it kind of just worked out to be another great song. It's the same way with the producing and stuff that I do. I just figure out, okay, how can I show love to these people, but yet keep true to who I am with this? How can God get glory in this when people say this never works? You know what I mean? When anything God is in, like it's, it, it's, just, a, it's just a hit for me. I don't know why that happens, but it just works for me. That's what's up. And then the type of music that you that you play, that you create, it comes from basically a loving place. Uh, some people don't know that you live by this this mantra. Uh, hope can be found in the lyrics. Like we need more love and less hate. Uh, talk more on that. Like why why you're big on that type of of message and not just uh, putting out music. Cause some people like to quickly put out music and have no real meaning to it or uh, no real connection to it. But your music has to have a connection, not just for you, but to reach your audience, uh, a target audience every time. Okay. I'm going to give you a couple. I'm going to give you two. Um, one from a spiritual perspective, we were created to worship. That was our whole designated thing was, we were created to worship because when once the enemy, once Satan was kicked out of heaven, we were his replacement. So we as people, we were made to worship God. So from a spiritual perspective, I've always looked at it like anything that I do musically should glorify God. Mm-hmm. I should not have any hate in my heart when I make it. I should do everything I do for God with excellence and out of love, out of my heart, because I'm giving it a gift that he's given me back to him to let him know I do appreciate you because you're the reason why I'm here. From a physical perspective, where I'm from, St. Louis, we are the type of people that we, like, you got to show me, you know what I mean? Like, that's just, that's why they call us the show me state, because we don't want to just hear you jab a jaw about it. We want to see you do it. 
Mm. So that, that builds up hate within itself. And it drew barriers to where people don't want to help upcoming artists because of the fact like, well, I'm here. I don't want you to surpass me. You know what I mean? So it drew up a lot of conflict. And my one thing my dad did teach me when I was around him at those times, when I saw him, he said, when I played basketball, he said, if you want to make friends, you better pass the ball. So <laughs> when it comes to my music, it's the same mindset. Like, if I want to make friends with people, I want to build relationships with people, which that's what it's all about with Jesus and then with people is building those connections and relationships. Then I need to be able to connect with somebody. I can't be hating on them. There's, there is always stuff inside of a person that you do like. You just don't know what it is. It just takes time for you to get to know them to figure out what that is. Doesn't mean you have to be cool with them, but there's stuff in that person that you do like. It's just you don't know what it is until you talk to them. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And we talk we talk a lot about that here on The Fix, just in building those relationships within um, artistry and, and, and allowing for God to be God. Because I think sometimes as believers, we're so quick to pass judgment so quickly with, without understanding or seeing the individual's plight, where they come from, you know, their origin, how, they, how they're brought up. All that you have to put in, in, into factor, but you can't get to the root of that if you don't build a relationship to even, you know, with a common, you know, a common respect amongst each other. So speak a little bit about that because um, I, I, I'm interested to hear has there been any, um, at least for you, with building these relationships, and I know you got mainstream and also within the Christian faith, um, artists, producers, engineers that you connect with, has there been um, a situation where you kind of feel like you had to compromise who you were just to be in that same space with those individuals? Um, to be frankly honest with you, I don't think I've ever had to compromise like my character. Okay. To be in those spaces because like even as a Christian and I was working with people that were non-believers, right? It was my act of kindness to them that drew them to me. You know what I mean? And then with that, I expressed who I was, and out of respect, they respected that in return. You know what I mean? Like it just became a mutual respect. So, like, for instance, I can get around certain people in the secular world right now, and they won't cuss around me. They won't drink around me. They won't smoke around me because they like, oh, that ain't these things. That ain't his, that ain't his way, bro. Don't do that. We good. We'll wait till he gone. You know what I mean? It, and it's out of respect. I didn't even say anything to him. It's just, they just knew. You know what I'm saying? And that's the, that's what's kind of dope about God because when you are true to him and you repping him wherever you go, He's always going to take care of you. He's always going to protect you when you get in those type of environments. So sometimes you don't even have to, for real, honestly, to me, you don't have to compromise. But when it comes to, like, a work process, like, that may can be a little different when it comes to writing a song because there have been occasions that I had wrote a song out of, in the past where you paid me for a service, I'm going to give you what you asked for. But that's business. Um, but then there's certain stuff in the business that I just don't get involved in. I'm like, nah, I can't do that. I still love you, but I can send you to someone who is interested in this, and I will do the same work that I do for you, and they'll work with you 
with this type of deal, you know, which I've done that where I passed up stuff that came to my table and I just spiritually didn't feel comfortable with it. So I gave a buddy of mine or other producers that I knew personally an opportunity to, you know, kind of build their brand. So I just never really try to compromise for real, honestly. That's good. That's good. So even with the accountability piece, um, cause that's, that's something you just pretty much spoke on. Do you have outside of your wife, do you have like some brothers or like uh, mentors or pastors that kind of hold you accountable to make sure that you make those right decisions? Is there somebody you call and say, you know what, I'm thinking about doing this, you know, bounce it off somebody to see what they think. Or are you just kind of like, how, how do you, how do you, uh, how do you maneuver that when you talk about from the business side? Bro, all the time, like, I have brothers I got on speed dial. We're in a group chat and we talk to each other all the time because they know there's a lot of mental things to this artistry game that you like people don't know about it. Like there's a lot of artists that's in the Christian industry to be exact that deals with mental health all the time. And when you have people that's holding you accountable in a sense spiritually, uh, they also keeping it real with you. Like, and even the tough love, like, don't get it twisted. Like sometimes that tough love can come off wrong, but it's actually tough love. And they kind of keep kind of keep you grounded. You know what I'm saying? Like you kind of need people like that in this industry mm-hmm. because the, this industry is something else. And you think it's just a secular world, but it, it happens in the Christian world. And it's and when it's in the Christian business, man, it kind of throws you off because you expect more, better out of us. You know, but it, it's part of the business. It, <clears throat> that that's highly true. A lot of people don't understand how important that it. Well, how how strict that part is. And you spoke more. You spoke on mental health. Uh, I'm a huge advocate uh, on mental health. And when you spoke about it, I was seeing if you was, will address it in your your comment. But can you tell us what you do to actually keep your mental uh, intact in or in a way healthy. Uh, Cause I mean, like with the, the costume head, I, I see that you have a huge sense of humor. <laughs> so I, I know for a fact it, it has to be something that you do to keep yourself mentally uh, sane. All right, this is about to get real and I'm okay with this. Um, my wife, she has a degree in child and family development for years. I used to have an issue with trying to express my feelings. And that's because I grew up in a household where my mom was like, I'm the mama, you listen, you don't speak. So even if I wanted to express myself at that time as a kid, I couldn't, you know what I mean? So I built up a mental part in my life to where I just was always bottling up my emotions. Plus, like I said, adding on, like I said before, with my father not being there. So that's an additional add-on when you're a young black man and you don't have a father figure there, um, which that plays a huge part in why a lot of black men aren't successful or deal with success because we don't have any role, any father figure in our lives a lot because of certain things. Not saying that's everyone, but a huge percent of that plays a part. And then... Like I said, just the normal stress of everything, like working, doing music, you know, trying to express yourself as an artist, you know, that, that becomes a toll on you. And 
what helped me a lot was, like I said, you know, kind of getting to myself and expressing myself openly out loud. Like, if I don't like something or I'm dealing with something that's, like, really that's messing with my head, I will run off in the corner and just start yelling. And I'll be just like, ah, ah, and I'll just let it all out. Because there's no point of bottling that emotion in because that's how I feel like the enemy can then start playing with your head. You know what I mean? So um, for me, that's some, a tactic that I've done. Uh, my wife helped me by opening up a lot more. You know, she don't realize that as much, but she has because I've started to be more vote, like verbal about stuff that I'm feeling and not even realizing I'm just speaking what I'm feeling, you know what I mean, at that moment. Doesn't mean I mean it, but I'm just speaking at that moment. So um, so those are things that helped me um, playing basketball, you know, with other spiritual friends and buddies of mine, doing like meetings with the brothers where we just eat and we chop it up. Having a good cry is even good. Like people think crying is a bad thing, but it's a good thing. You know what I mean? Because crying brings a, a, a point in your, like, for me, like crying for me when I'm stressed out kind of helps me get to a point of calmness because I'm relieving some kind of stress off of me or tension that's been bugging me. Like if you watch the movie Inside Out, they were trying to get rid of sadness but they didn't realize sadness was a key part to you receiving a point of happiness. I just watched so, it this morning. <laughs> so when you, <laughs> it's a beautiful film. So it's it goes in time with you know when God says that when it, in His Word speaking on all of us have our own like trials that we got to go through, you know. But that's the beauty in it because it gives us. Uh, it takes us to that next stage of like overcoming, which is by the words of our testimony about the blood of the lamb. So you have to go through certain things in life to overcome, to make you stronger in your faith and you as a person. And it will lead you to share this with other people that will lead you to other people getting breakthroughs because God can use you as a tool during your mental health issues that you're dealing with to help someone else to bring them to him. He can use that as a tool. And for me, he definitely used that as a tool. And I do deal with mental health, but God has helped me so much. He put the right woman in my life. My wife, her name is Morgan. She has helped me so much. The right friends, the right pastor, and then even the right people I work with in the business that helped me. So those are those are all keys for me. That's that's highly important. I thank you for actually addressing that. Uh, if possible, what can you tell our audience, specifically our black audience, uh, because there's a huge stigma, uh, not only in our community, but the church on mental health and actually seeking help or getting treatment like need be. Uh, what would you say to our audience on actually seeking help and, and not just praying in a way? Because there's a there's a thing where, you know, God and God and a therapist actually can do wonders. Uh, some people will run away from that or, uh, you know, God and uh, Jesus and treatment. Like, what would you, how can you address our audience 
specifically our black church audience on seeking help within the, while being in the church? It's funny you mentioned that because I remember seeing, uh, I think it was the Poets in the Autumn. Uh, yep. uh, yep. um, Jackie Hill Perry's husband spoke on the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. And he said, there's nothing wrong with a therapist because if, if there was, you know, if God, if God created this, you know, lane for them to be in, it's nothing wrong with going to go see him. God can place Christians in the therapist room. You know what I mean? Like, and he's right. You know what I mean? Like it, for, as a black person, like we just built this thing where like, we could just pray and God will work it out. Everything will be okay. That's true. But it does require sometimes you needed to go see these therapists because they're going to be a physical person there that you can talk to. Like, no offense, like, we can't physically hear God, but in the spirit, we can hear God when he talks to us. But it does, sometimes you do need that person to sit there and talk to. It don't have to be a therapist. It can be your pastor. It could be a spiritual accountability partner that we spoke of. Somebody that you can talk to to let the stuff that you have going on in your life be expressed in words. And then not only that, you can get prayer while you're going through the process. You know, you can get the right Bible scriptures to read so you can kind of like get encouragement throughout your day. And then even tactics, like I said, if you have to go scream in the corner, they'll give you these little things because there's certain things that, you know, just reading the Bible and prayer you know, you might need a little extra, you know, some people dealing with some real serious stuff. So they may need to like get in the corner and scream in the corner. They may need to go jog. They may need to go for a bike ride. They may need to go sit in a sauna and there's nothing wrong with that. Those are all things that's going to help you and your, your physical being, because there's no, there's nothing like, it's one thing I feel, I feel like, and this is me personally, like God wants us to be in good health and he wants to use us. And it's hard for God to use us if we got all these these physical things going on with this. So it's really important that we take care of ourselves. Nothing wrong with that. I personally mean. But I think in the black community we could we should definitely do better by going to seek um, spiritual guidance from these people in these positions. Like there's nothing wrong with it. All right. Well, I appreciate that, man. I make sure, like, with our audience, I want them to actually take mental health serious. Uh, You can't be whole if you just focus on just your spiritual. It's not just spiritual. It's not just physical. uh, But it's emotionally. It's mentally. It's even financially. Uh, For you to be whole, you have to work on all that. And that's, that's something God actually placed in all of us to work on. Um, so so you, hit, you hit something there with the financial and all that because like not the, I noticed this in any marriage like finances seem like it's always the number one thing so when you're in that and especially when you already got a whole bunch of other things going on as a black person mm-hmm. and then you got and you're married and then you deal with the finances all oh, that brings on a whole other chapter or something mm-hmm. so this like this mental health thing needs to be addressed a lot in the church, and then a, 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 a definitely amongst black people because we just I don't know we just built this like I gotta be tough 
it's no it's okay to be you know say that i'm dealing with this it's nothing wrong with that and people get afraid to express that yeah that that's highly important i mean actually the number one uh reason divorce happened is because of financial disputes which is which is odd but it happens uh and it's and it actually ties into a lot i mean if you're not you're not financially stable or financial you know in the right place financially it affects you emotionally it affects you mentally sometimes start affecting you physically i mean it just depends um but that most definitely um, is important. And that's why we created a segment called Mind Over Matter, uh, where we address those mental health uh, issues. We address the stigma, uh, educate our audience on different uh, mental illnesses, um, ranging from PTSD to ADHD, bipolar disorder. But it's not just that. Uh, it can go to substance abuse. It's all that ties into mental illness. A lot of people in our, in our, a lot of our people in, in our community actually don't take that serious uh, or don't, don't like to address the stigma. They're quick to just sweep it under a rug and that, that's not happening no more. We, we gotta change that. Right. Right. They just try like, like you said, you know, just praying about it and that's it. You know, no, it takes, it's going to take some more than that. You know, like not saying prayer, prayer does not work, that it does. But, you know, it does require, like I said before, it works as dead. So it does require us to do some stuff too. Man, I definitely appreciate you uh, sharing your heart, man. Was, uh, that, like Rico said, mental health awareness is something that we always uh, talk about here on the show, and we we have a passion, strong passion for it. Let's let's hop back into some music, though. Can you tell the people, uh, walk the people through your your process of how you how your pen works when you go into the studio? You know, the inspiration, how you create a track from the production side to you know to the to the writing up side too as well. Um, a lot of times before I even go in the studio, I always pray before I go in there. Because mm-hmm. I want to make sure that the atmosphere is always good vibes. You know, a very creative workspace. The people from the engineer to even the person that's like, you know, booking the sessions. Like, I want everything to be in good vibes from the moment I walk in. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of times when I walk in, it'd be like me... It'll be my engineer or the person who ever engineering that day. I'll have the beats. Um, and if I do, I may have a buddy of mine who may come in and, and you know, write with me just because I like to get ideas. I, and I got that from Prince, like learning how to, uh, like, work with other people, you know, collabing with them and getting, you know, bounce, you know bouncing off ideas. Um, for instance, I do have a song that I haven't released just yet, but... Um, it's on the way, which I kind of want to share it with both of y'all. Uh, I'm going to send y'all a link after this so y'all can hear it. But it's called Waves. And I was personally having, you know, a moment where I was having a, a, a breakdown in the studio one time. Mm. And uh, I was just like, man, it's like I'm dealing with this, 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 and this. And then people are 
talking about my music and like I don't understand. I'm just I'm just trying to be, you know, who God called me to be. You know, just trying to be a difference. Trying to, you know, let people understand like you know, this Christian lifestyle is a wave, <laughs> and it's a dope wave to be on. You know, what I mean, I said I just was dealing with so much, uh, and you know, with the marriage, everything like it was just so much on me, and I was just like, I don't understand. So I wrote this song called Waves, and um, it's about me as an artist dealing with my mental health and then also trying to be a wave within itself within the music industry when everybody else is doing something else. <laughs> you know, and I have to like kind of realization like, you know, it's not going to always be like this. You know, like I won't always feel like this all the time. And then as a musical artist, my wave eventually will come. You know, I just got to ride it out right now. But when God brings my wave into the forefront, I'll be ahead. And it's just all in the season. So I write about stuff that's real to me. And a lot of times it's like personal. But I always make it like around a beat that's solidly like, you know, fire. <laughs> that makes sense. A turn up song or something. But mm. a lot of my songs have personal things that I deal with or it could be a song that I just want to just give to God and just let him know like hey I love you thank you you know and I write those songs too but that's what kind of helps me is just writing real stuff and it's weird because it's like the lane I'm in is like pop EDM like so and then I'm doing it in a Christian market so <laughs> it's like a market that kind of is there but it doesn't really exist but mm -hmm. we are a community we do exist like there's a lot of us who are in that exists in Christian music, but you don't really hear about us too much. But yeah, the studio sessions be fun. Like the collaborations be great. The penmanship is like crazy. You know, what I mean, God just kind of takes over the pen because I kind of be just sort of writing my own feelings down and not realizing like it comes lyrics. And I'm like, whoa, that's crazy. So just just talk a little bit about uh, some of the collaborations uh, that you've done previous and some of the collaborations that you're going to do in, in your upcoming projects? Um, I have been, I, okay, now this is the part that the ghost producer and I will tell you, yeah. but I won't tell you what songs. Okay. Um, I've, been, I've been in studio sessions with uh, Little Baby, Yogati. Um, I had a, a pleasure being in the studio session with um, I actually been in a session where Yay, um, and this was years ago. Uh, this was um, hold on, hold on, wait, wait, hold on, hold, wait a minute, hold on, wait a minute. <laughs> was that just a humble flex swab? Just swab? Did you see that? You know, <laughs> go ahead. I'm sorry, carry on. You just you've been in a studio session with Yay. He just said like, yo, that was just you know. <laughs> um, you can call it whatever you want, man. But it was just just a listening session. It wasn't nothing crazy. Okay. But uh, I was in that session with that and. I've been in session. I've been in a session with No ID before, and that was that was a huge honor. Um, I've collaborated with my homies and Cheat Codes, which I have a record out with them called "Live Forever." It's a remix I did with them, so I had a privilege of doing that. I've been able to like be part of production stuff with some bigger names. I'm not gonna go into all of that, but right. it's, it's been it's been pretty cool to like to collaborate with those individuals and build those relationships. Again, 
none of these people I've just mentioned so far are Christian beside Kanye West right now. But at the time, he was not a Christian yet. He was still the old Kanye. But um, but now, like, since I'm doing my own music, I've been able to work with other producers who are not in the Christian game at all. But after building those relationships with them and connections with them, and they got an understanding of who I was, they were like, dude, we got to work together. So I was able to work with um, some un like unknown producers that you probably will, you will, you never heard of, but you eventually will. Um, I was able to do um, some EDM records. I got an EDM record that's kind of sitting out right now. It hasn't been released. It was supposed to get released actually a couple months ago, but it's been getting pushed back. Um, my upcoming project, I have a buddy of mine. His name is Greg. And we on the, we got a production team together. It's called the A Team, and I'm telling you, the stuff we've been creating is crazy. So uh, it's been fun doing that. Um, I haven't really dived too heavily working with a lot of Christian artists, and that's because I feel like for me, like everyone's kind of on their own page and their own thing that they're doing. Not saying that we we're never gonna work together. Yes, where we are in our lives, it's just like we haven't collaborated just yet because of everything that's going on with the Black Lives Matter stuff. Um, with the uh, COVID nineteen, it's kind of hard to really collaborate. Like, like, because I like to be in a setting with you to get your vibe, you get my vibe, so we can just vibe off each other. So it's kind of hard to do that in a video chat sometimes. Right. <laughs> but you know, eventually. I will start working with other Christian artists. Um, it's just it's just been kind of hard to do it at this time. So yeah, like you said before, uh, pandemic came and everything. Um, you had an opportunity of working on the Winter Jam or going on tour with some arts on the Winter Jam. Can you speak a little bit about that experience and everybody who was on uh, that tour? Dude, Winter Jam was a mind blowing experience. Like. Um, I was I had the privilege to going on Winter Jam and touring with my good buddy and my brother Zanti. Um, it was crazy how that whole thing came about. Like well, nothing but God could have done that because me and Zanti, like we just talked to each other and uh, we were messaging and then we just started, you know, hitting up each other and like FaceTime and stuff and one thing led to another and um, he asked me to come out on tour with him uh, for a tour that he was going to do in, the, in December as a trial run test. And that didn't go through. So he was like, all right, we're going to do Winter Jam. And I was like, all right, cool, let's go. And um, I ended up going on tour with him. And I was able to, like, be around artists, like, you know, that you would imagine. And we were sharing the same dressing room with some of these artists. Like, I built a relationship with Andy Minio and his team and, uh, Hillsong, Young and Free, all of those guys are like the homies, like my brothers and sisters in Christ. I love them. Um, Building 429, uh, Riley Clemens is on there. She's like, she's awesome. I didn't really get to build a, a real connection with her because she was always like gone all the time. She was working a lot. And then I was able to build a relationship with Crowder and his crew. Crowder was is a funny character. Like, if you don't know, like, he was hilarious. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Billy Ballinger was on there. I love him. 
I communicate with him actually a lot. Austin French, that's my boy, a phenomenal singer and performer. Uh, all the pastors that was on there, Passion was on there. They're amazing. Like, phenomenal. It was amazing. Like, it blow you away. Like, and then the, the people that would come. And then even being around, like I said, being around Zanti was, like, so cool because, like, he's the real McCoy, man. Like, his fans are, like, they love him. And he's he loves them back. Like, he'll pray with them, you know, encourage them. I mean, he's he was just awesome. And there's one funny story I will share that we were on tour. I think it was, I want to say it was Evansville, Indiana. I can't remember. But we were at a stop on the tour, and all oh, new songs on this on the thing. Obviously, the founders, I love them. And they um Zanti had a song that he was doing a rap for, for a new song, and we're in the back, and, like, we were just working and grinding like we do, and for some reason, I kept hearing this song, and it sounded like a new song, but I wasn't 100% sure, and come to find that it was, mm-hmm. and we had to run from the dressing room all the way to the stage, and right when we get to the stage, it was right at the part where Zanti's getting ready to come on and start rapping. Like, he was, like, perfect timing. So, <laughs> it was it was fun. Like, building that family and that relationship with them was dope. Man, we appreciate you rocking with us today, D-Swan, man. Can you tell, uh, before we go to your track, can you tell the people how they can connect with you, how they can stream your music, where to follow you on all your social media platforms? Yeah, you can follow me on uh, Instagram at Deswine Music, Facebook Deswine Music. You can also go to my website yodeswine.com. I'm a very, very lovable person when it comes to those '90s vibes. Uh, and you can also, you know, stream it on all platforms that's out and available at this time. We definitely gonna have you back, man, because it's a lot more we wanted to ask. But we we definitely had you back on, man. We appreciate you, my brother. Continue to do what you do for the kingdom, man, because it's very, very valuable. Fix Nation, D-Swine, ladies and gentlemen. Right now, let's get into one of D-Swine's tracks, Fire. You're tuned in to The Fix. The Fix is in. Yes, sir. Yes, sir.
Tell me stories in your skin tone. I hear you before I see you. I stay near you because I need you. It's my camel through the needle because I'm richest when you feel me. The picture up, you feel me. You make this broken world whole until it starts to heal me. And I can't find your ceiling. This is every bit of brilliance, black girl. You be teaching your resilience, black girl. So keep on. Grab your hat, get your coat, get your coat, girl. You called us monarchs when you knew that we was broke, girl. And this my feeble words. Told Swoop we needed one. To see your pretty brown skin and yeah, I see the sun. I like you with no makeup. Looking colder than a glacier. And I'm liking how your makeup kind of show you how you playful. And I love to see you playful. Look, I can't leave you mad. I still need your smile. Cause nature needs your laugh. And they won't call you lovely. I know and that you love me. We take much for granted, it's like treasure when you trust me With the honeycomb vibes, sunny side when you cooking right Must have talked to God, walk with God cause you looking right And it's that soul tied that I want, souls tied to the sun Lift you up, just like Simba as a cub This that stencil of a letter that I should have wrote a while ago You taught me hope a while ago You taught me spades and dominoes Caught me color schemes and clothing textiles so while I'm in my feelings, finna shoot this text now to my brown skinned lady. Brown skinned lady. I see my God showing off something crazy, yeah. <laughs> see, I know we'll be alright. Cause creation tells us all these stories that we see in God. And I'm just speaking from the fullness, fullness of my joy. I'm hoping you get yours. Yeah, I'm praying you get yours. Cause trust me, I'm gonna ride for these pretty brown girls. It's my mama. That's my wife, that's my little brown girl So trust me, I'm gonna ride, yeah Trust me, I'm gonna ride They try to take you from us But yo, we gonna ride on God Stop us, yo, we gonna ride, yeah Can't nobody stop us, baby girl We gonna ride, yeah Trust me, I'm gonna ride for these pretty brown girls Got me singing high for these pretty brown girls, yeah Trust me, I'm gonna ride for these pretty brown girls, yeah for these pretty brown girls, yo, you got me in the sky, little pretty brown girls, yeah. Got me singing high for the pretty brown girls, yeah. Trust me, I'm gon' ride for the pretty brown girls. Trust me, I'm gon' ride. I'm gon' ride, yeah. I think what you're trying to ask is, uh, why am I so insistent upon giving out to them that blackness, that black that black pushing them to identify with uh, 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 black culture. I think that's what you're asking. If, if I have no choice over in the first place, to me, we are the most beautiful creatures in the whole world, black people. I mean, and I mean that in every, every sense, uh, outside and inside. And to me, we have a culture that uh, is surpassed by, 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 by no other civilization Again, I think I said this before in the same interview, I think, uh, at some time before. My, my job is to somehow make them curious enough or persuade them 
Every time I wake up, I know we gon' be alright, yeah Let's go to the continent and see another side, yeah I'ma catch a vibe, baby, you can take a seat, yeah You been so strong while they try to play you weak, yeah We gon' get so love, wait, we gon' get so love, yeah I seein' what they do to you and now I seen enough, yeah That gon' be my mama that gon' be my daughter, yeah That gon' be my cold, cold wife Boy, I got her, this is Abba Hope you know, watch with water before we glow Pop that bottle and we lit Pop that bottle, we gon' go Get so roses while you here, yeah Get so roses while you here This the kingdom, get so rogue That gazebo made a go Hashtag goals, this is female mixed with soul This is seasoning, this is genius You repeat it if you know If you know it, singing. Trust me, we gon' ride for you, girl we we gon' ride, yeah. Trust me, we gon' ride for you, girl. We gon' ride. Tell the city stand up. James left, but the king still reigns here. No tears, no love lost, no rain here. Delivers, I promise, Santa rain here. Love, love for the city still resides here. Fix for your ailment, faith that resides outside the lines. Detox your mind, cause it matters. Art, art outside the box, we paint splatter. The fix is in, and we rock a channel. We rock with them for what's deep within. Expose those who talk but don't live. Expose those who talk but don't live. Take offense, take offense. Judge by the fruit from the tree. But if the fruit tastes like the streets, and money is the fruit that they speak, so tell me whose face do they seek? Repeat. Take offense, take offense. Judge by the fruit from the tree. But if the fruit tastes like the streets, and money is the fruit that they seek, so tell me whose face do they seek? Yes, sir. You're tuned back into The Fix, your source for faith and music, about R&B and poetry. This came off a music set. Uh, we started it off with uh, the homie D. Swan uh, with Fire. And uh, actually, that track that just went off was uh, Pretty Brown by Taylor Gray and Swoop. And uh, yeah, I, I am, I'm, I'm lightweight thrilled for this interview. I, I've been uh, watching this young lady uh, spit some bars for a while uh, via social media. Uh, Fix Nation, let's welcome in one of the new up-and-coming ladies of CHH. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and give you your roses right now. Uh, KE in the building. What's going on, sis? Hey, what's good? I'm super excited to be here. That's what's up. That's what's up. We got a lot to talk about. Uh, yes. We're we going to hop right in it. Uh, let's, we, we always start the show off asking if you can share with the audience a little bit about your faith story, maybe how you came to Christ, or maybe how you rededicated your life to Christ and really start walking this life out for real, for real. Yeah, um, it's, it's definitely the second one. I'm, I'm kind of like the typical story where I grew up in church. My mom was the assistant pastor at our church, so I was in there, like at the meetings with the grown-ups talking about theology. Um, and that was kind of, it kind of created a sheltered life for me. So when I became about 15, I was like, hmm, what's on the other side of this church stuff? What's on the other side of, you know, what I've been, all of that I've been knowing. And so about 16 to 19, you know, I did the typical stuff of partying and smoking and drinking and trying different things. And um, as we all know, that that fast life is um quickly ending as well and so just draining and knowing that I had a calling knowing that I had a gift knowing that I had a purpose um, I rededicated my life and began to start rapping through rap 
um, when I was about, well, it began about 16, but realistically about 19, um, kind of started taking rap a little bit more serious. And the um, first time I grabbed the mic and I freestyled, I was like, this is it. <laughs> That's good. That's good. So speak a little bit before we get into the music. Speak a little bit about your spiritual resume. What, what outside of the Bible, are there like certain books you study with? Or you, yeah. you like lead like a ministry or something at your church? Speak a little bit yeah. about your resume. Yeah. Yes. Um, I, well, a couple of things. I am on the worship team obviously with music as well as the prayer team um i went through an inter yeah i went through an intercessor let's go (laughs) (laughs) yeah i went through an internship um down here in kansas city called hope city and it's connected to the international house of prayer and i mean just with those words alone you know that it's a prayer movement and there we learned how to intercede there we learned how to speak in our heavenly language um and as far as books man uh one that I can think of is um, emotionally healthy spirituality and bait of Satan are two of some major books um, that I believe kind of changed my life, you know, forever. <laughs> yeah. Look, look, look familiar. What, what God do it? Yeah. I look familiar to you. Okay. Yeah, man, that's a, that's a beast right there. Um, I love reading books that point the finger at me and say, yeah. Oh, here we go. Um, and also as well as being um, in school, Bible school, theology, online. Um, so do, through that, we go through literally every book of the Bible. But yeah, digging in every book. I love books that, like I said, you know, with the spiritual or emotional, I love digging in emotions because I believe as leaders and especially as spiritual leaders, as Christians, we cannot be so unbalanced emotionally there's a a place where you have to eventually mature with self-control and your emotions and tapping into those things and connecting those things and digging in with God and I think the key to that is obviously diving deeper into his presence and what I realize is with worship and talking to the Lord you know I'm talking to him and he's revealing myself to me it's a mirror talking to him so yeah books interceding i think is huge um especially in the times that we're in man it's 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 a whole war going on and so interceding on the behalf of our world on the behalf of our politics on the behalf of the leaders of this world even those that are not christians um interceding on the behalf is major that's good uh, speak a little bit because you said something that that this you know light bulb went off in my head because we speak a lot about accountability uh, in oneself. Speak a little bit more about accountability and why that was so important for you when you talk about your lifestyle change and how you really wanted to be sold out for Christ. Because I find often we're quick to judge other believers, uh, you know, looking at other people compared to looking back at ourselves and really you know that reality checking us getting ourselves together. So speak a little bit about accountability and why that's so important. Absolutely. I mean, it's major. I think that's what we run from as humans, especially, you know, we have egos and we have prides, pride and we don't want anyone to check us. We don't want anyone to tell us. But the question that I would ask is, well, how, how, how much do you want to grow? Because a part of any leader, you're going to need someone to, hey, what's going on? No, you were wrong. No, you need to apologize. No, you need to call them. Get that right. Um, accountability was something that I prayed for for years, especially coming um, and doing from whatever I wanted to do to now I can't do anything. So I need someone, a leader, someone that's older than me, someone that's spiritually ahead of me to not only give me 
Uh, my mom used to always say, if you stop smoking, if you stop partying, you need to fill that up with godly activities. <laughs> and so having the accountability partner, having a group of people, which is why I think life groups, prayer groups are incredibly important because you can't do this walk alone. You just, you just can't. And so I think it's, I think it's incredibly major for so many different reasons, but the main one I think is keeping you in check. And then not only keeping you in check, but having a lot of times I believe, especially as millennials, we make it hard to be a Christian. And the reason why it's hard to be a Christian is because you're saved and you're still trying to hang out with people that are doing what you don't do anymore. And so the first thing you need to do when walking into this life, when becoming a Christian, when becoming a leader, especially being a leader, I think it's incredibly important. And to just be blatantly transparent, that was my husband for me. In the beginning, when I was, you know, when we first started dating, um, it was hard for me because I'm like, stop telling me what to do. I don't want to know this. Stop, stop, get off of me. And I knew that that was immaturity because anyone that grows in maturity knows that I need that. It might hurt at this present moment, what you're telling me, but it's something that I need. And I'm blessed to not only have my husband as my accountability partner, but spiritual parents as well. You said your uh, your husband played a huge accountability partner. In case people don't know, her uh, husband is actually one of my frat brothers. Uh, <laughs> in case y'all didn't know. Uh, speak more about uh, your husband being accountability, because a lot of people don't realize, they think that just marriage is just about a partnership and not realizing it's more than just a partnership. Um, your soulmate, is, it's a reason that they're called your soulmate. They yeah. have to keep your soul in line and, and vice versa. Uh, speak more on to uh, the married life uh, as an artist, as well as um, a ministry, uh, a person that serve in ministry. Yeah, um, it, it was a major role. I remember when I was, I don't know, maybe 18 or 19, and I was doing shows, and one of the leaders who was um, putting on the shows was, he told me, he said, you're going to need a shepherd. You're going to need someone very soon, especially being a female rapper. Um, and Lord behold, I ended up getting married a couple years later, but not only as a protector, but like I said, as an accountability partner on so many different levels, not even just spiritually, but if we get into the business side of things, keeping me on track, you know what you're called to do with the times that I, I want to get lazy, the times where I'm like, I don't know if this is this self-doubt, fear, anxiety, all of these things you know, they check in for all of us. And my husband is the one to always remind me. I think being a wife and being in ministry is, it is the biggest blessing for me, to be honest. I don't have to worry about anything. So I have not only my best friend, who is my manager, which knows how to separate the two. He's also my protector. So he's always going to be looking out for my best interest. Um, so it, it was a blessing all in one. I mean, we didn't even coming into getting married to him, I was signed. And I he wasn't planning on being my manager or doing anything like that, but it was major for us to become in walk in partnership with music and ministry, which is really what it is, it's ministry. And I realized that, I mean, obviously a lot of times people more so want to talk to me about marriage than actually music, but they play, they just play a major role, both of them. My husband is in, uh, older than me. I'm 26, he's 34. So that's a maturity jump that I needed. 
um, but also being spiritually ahead of me, reminding me when I get into moments where I'm just music, music, music. He's like, did you pray today? Have you talked to the Lord? <laughs> When's the last time you listened to worship music? When's the last, have you read your, what are you reading right now? And we're a major about that. Like we have stuff all over the house that just constantly reminds us um, to get connected back to the source. And the Lord reminds me quickly because anytime I take days off from talking to him, I'll, oh, that's why I don't have peace today. I didn't talk to you, my source. So he just keeps me balanced, man. It's a blessing to have him as accountability partner, manager, and, and a best friend. All right, since I, I don't want to be that one that's going to always talk about marriage and, and not the music. <laughs> uh, look, look, I'm, I'm over here about to throw some questions too, so forgive me. <laughs> I, I don't want to be that one. <laughs> let's, let's talk more about uh, the music and, our, uh, and the new merchandise. You got the merchandise for Becoming and, uh, yeah. and everything. Like, Speak more on to that. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. CK. Are you able yep. to adjust your camera view? Are you uh, is your Do you need me to be like this? I, well, rotate you. Rotate around. There we go. There okay. We go. I was wondering if I need this. I know the last Zoom, I needed to be wide. So yeah. No, you're good. Let Thank you. Oh, I'm a little crooked. Um, Man, it's, it's kind of crazy because, you know, we have corona right now. And God has been faithful to my family um, and pouring out creativity during this time. And I almost felt guilty to an extent because I'm like, it's such a tragic time for some, you know, even for me, I lost an uncle due to Corona and here we are and God is pouring out creativity. Thank you. Pouring out creativity, pouring out content. Um, I was sitting at the kitchen table as I do every morning and I just had the image completely in my head ran downstairs, grabbed my notepad, grabbed my kid's marker, and I drew it out. And I would say, I don't know, maybe a week later, we came out with t-shirts, which is so major for us. Because as you know, as artists, that's the, the, the main way that you make your income is off of merchandise. And I haven't had that. And I've been doing music for, I mean, some years now. <laughs> and so it was a blessing that God decided to be faithful in such an odd time. And I, I find that he does that quite often because usually when we're hustling and we're doing it and we're putting in the work when things happen it's like i mean yeah i got that i hustled and did that i can't give no glory but to god when it comes to what is happening in the season there was no intent there there was really anything he was just dropping stuff in my spirit as far as artwork music lyrics and all that but like you said specifically merchandise that thing just dropped on me and so yeah god has been faithful <laughs> That's good. So let, let's backtrack a little bit. So talk a little bit about how did you, why did you decide to do Christian hip hop? Yeah, um, it, it's a, actually a very short answer. I tell people all the time, I don't really know how to rap about anything else. Even if I tried, I still end up talking about how God has saved me out of something. So I like I, I couldn't rap like Megan Thee Stallion or Nicki Minaj. I just can't talk about those things. It's just not who I am. Mm -hmm. um so yeah it, it's always been a part of me and like I said it always jumps back to what I know um a lot of times I always say you know if you grew up in a church in a, a Christian household 
you stray away, you usually come back. And unfortunately, that's the same as the other side. You grew up in poverty, you grew up in, you know, criminal activities and you try to stray away. There's always that thing that pulls you back. And so it's kind of the same for me as far as just growing up um knowing god and i and i loved god so deeply at such a young age i was having dreams and visions and i was actively in church playing the drums leading worship playing the piano dancing uh taking pictures for the people's weddings in our church like i was so deeply involved but not even just deeply involved i actually truly genuinely had a relationship with the lord at a very young age so even the times that i did or well, the years that I was away from God and I had walked away, there was always that still voice like, you know, you're not supposed to be doing none of that stuff. You know, you're not supposed to be here trying to kick it in the club. No, sit down. Come on back, daughter. <laughs> That's good. That's good. So speak a little bit about this new project, Becoming. Walk us through the inspiration, what, you know, what you wanted to relay within this message in this new project. Yes, man. Becoming. Becoming has... Uh, so many meanings to it. Um, going for my last album, Misfit, was kind of like my my first good project. Uh, becoming, I didn't want to put like an official stamp on it. Um, as an artist, you always want to come out with your best. You always want to take your time and present, you know, what you've been working on. Get it to the tip top of everything. For me, becoming is going through the journey with me. And I think it's very human um, to show that. I was talking about this on my Instagram the other day. Um, I used to do like just live stuff every now and then, rap, sing. If uh, we call it intifalizing in the prayer movement or the intercession group that we are in, uh, which is just scripture freestyling. And I'm so used to it, just literally playing, you know, still music and basing it off of one scripture and flowing out of that. And I believe that it's, the most beautiful form of ministry to be raw and to say, here's, here's my empty vessel, Lord, fill me up. Because a lot of times when we come to the table with something, God has to usually rearrange it and recreate it and reform it anyways. And so becoming is that open rawness um, of just letting the Lord have his way. Okay, God, you want this song on here? I might not agree. Let's put it on. And um, yeah, it's it's just evolving, becoming a, a, a better woman, a better wife, be, which is also a part of my uh, merchandise. It says becoming stronger, patient, joyful, humble, diligent, godly, powerful, successful, gentle, confident, kind, sincere, and just proclaiming and professing these things um, to just grow. And I want to kind of bring everyone in with me, which is also another reason why I made the merchandise because it's not my movement. I believe that as believers, we should all be continuously diving in and becoming better. And so, yeah, man, um, the songs that I've created, I have eight songs on here. Um, some of them were hard to release for me just because like I said, it was it was different sides. Becoming is not like I like to stay in trap sounds and mm -hmm. like spazzing and giving bars, mm -hmm. which is what I do on all my freestyles. But with this one, I gave a little of the soul, eclectic, eccentric um, poetry side, which is another part of me as well. And so, yeah, it's just kind of bringing everything all in one and then let's go on this journey together. Do you still think it's a, a disconnect between the church and hip hop? I know for mm -hmm. a long time, um, you know, 
there there has you know a lot of people you know still not for hip hop within the church. Do you think it's some type of disconnect? In, in you know, in your opinion, D- disconnect not necessarily for, but disconnect in just taste. Um, it's strange because I find a lot of Christians that prefer to listen to regular uh, hip hop because they think that Christian hip hop is corny and whack. And I always debate that, like, okay, when's the when's the last time you've listened to Christian hip hop? Because I mean, line them up against the secular artists, and you'd be lying if you say that a secular artist was better because they're talking about nothing on the secular side. I mean, you can actually hear us understand us understand our content um so why is it not better and now we're having just as good quality industry sounding beats so i mean i find a lot of times uh, the disconnect simply is just maturity because you have to train your ear with being a christian of course you want to listen to Jeezy and Jay-Z and beyond like of course that's your flesh saying that but you begin to train your ear and what I realized you know just really within the last two years as I've been growing with the Lord I can't even listen to vulgar you know what I'm saying if it's anything if it if if it's anything if it won't disturb me it's usually clean but I find that it has to do with our personal walks if there is a disconnect with Christian hip-hop just to be genuinely honest because you cannot say kb lecrae 1k few wande dayton bizzle i mean how are they not just as good what are you talking about so i usually probably put it down to okay you're probably listening to regular hip-hop and you haven't really grown to the place where you've trained your ear to say no i can't listen to that because even my, my husband has many playlists. He's really good getting into DJ and he's good at finding underground stuff. That's like, what? And if you are just chilling in your car, you won't even realize it's Christian hip hop because it's so dope. But if you listen to the lyrics, it feeds your soul. So yeah, the disconnect for me, I think is a lot of times we just aren't where we should be as far in our walk and we don't want to listen to Christian hip hop. That's good. Are there any collaborations you looking forward to, like connecting with, you know, within CHH or within mainstream? Are there that? Yeah, that I would like to. Yes. Yeah, man. Um, uh, really, everybody I just named. (laughs) Um, but (laughs) um, Wanda is a huge one. She is like number one on my list for me. I don't think I've ever. No, I've never worked with another female. Um a FMC, as we call it. I've never worked with another female rapper. So that's major. And then obviously the the GOAT, you know, Lecrae and Bizzle, um, those would be major. Those are probably the top three. Um, I've kind of, I have my, I have personal goals. And so I've kind of knocked out people that are major walking and doing it here in Kansas City. And I've worked with all of them besides one, which that's happening too. But yeah, main, mainstream as in like on the secular side? Mm-hmm. Um... <laughs> yeah, I think anybody that would be close enough, and it's probably so cliche to say his name. Um, I mean, well, actually, two, which would probably be Chance the Rapper and kind of Kanye. <laughs> like, uh, kind that? of. Kind of. <laughs> I don't know. You know, it just, it, I mean, yes, obviously, you know, he's, you know, supposed to be doing Christian hip hop now, but, okay. um, you know, you just got to watch. Not, let me not even speak on that. So yeah, those are the two names. Have you heard? Have you heard Kanye's new track, "Wash Washing the Blood"? 
No, I haven't. I've seen a lot of people share it. The video, I, I guess there's a video to it out now, right? It is. Yeah. Too, too as well. Have you, you like it? I do. I think it's fire. Um, you know, we talk about it a lot on here on the show. We talk about Chance the Rapper too as well. Um, yeah. I think what Kanye's doing is powerful. Um, I, I understand that he's doing it his way. And I think sometimes yeah. the church has an issue with that because I think we, we, we set standards so high at times, my humble opinion, that we, we, we can't look outside of just that standard. No, it has to be this way or it's not the gospel. And I don't always agree with that. Um, yeah. But I, I like what Kanye's doing, to be honest with you. Now, I, I do yeah. I do think that someone needs to hold him accountable. So I pray that he has a pastor, an elder, somebody that's helping him build that relationship and walk with him. Because, that's of course, it. that's the whole process, somebody walking with you. But, yeah, I like it. I like it. You literally stole the words out of my mouth. That's why. That's what I took back because I didn't know if we were going to go there. But that that's major. Um, when Kanye started doing with you know the movement and doing gospel, I'm like, what? Why are we mad again? So we won over a soul and we're pissed off. Mm-hmm. That's strange, you know. And the whole culture just irritated me during that time. And I connect with Kanye on so many different levels. Number number one, being a female rapper, which is a whole nother beast. Being a Christian rapper with blonde hair is a whole nother beast. Being a female Christian rapper with blonde hair and tattoos is a whole nother beast. Being a female Christian rapper, blonde hair, tattoos, makeup, and can dress like for some reason that it's a reeking of sinful nature or something. And so I understand the, 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 the judgment. I understand the irritability because it's like, so please give me the form that I need to fill out that I need to look like in order to fit your definition of Christianity and my relationship with the Lord. So that's literally what I was going to say for Kanye. I think that, because he holds such a high platform and because everyone sees him, I pray to God that he has someone that is in his corner, that is cheering for him, that is spiritually ahead of him, accountability partners, keeping him on track, therapy, all kind of things. Because I, on my level, it's crazy. On his level, I couldn't even imagine the demons and the attack that he has. So I pray that he has prayer warriors all around him. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So speak a little bit about being a lady MC within a male driven industry. What's, what's your experience? What's your experience like with that? Yeah, it's, it, it's. <laughs> Has there been some obstacles you had to like climb or, you know, go around some things? Yeah, man. I mean, it, can I be transparent on this show? Like It's the fix. You can keep it a buck. Yes. Say what you got yes, to you say. <laughs> yeah, man. It's, it's, um, it's 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 been a strange journey um being in a male dominant and i you know at, when you spoke about standards and expectations um walking into christian hip-hop i'm like what this is easy like i'm gaining a family i'm gaining bros in christ I, this is about to be lit um and i i, I was quickly uh quickly slapped in my face and and saw just how and this is not to bash anything, you know, because people are people, but how um, reflective it is to secular music when it comes to just being business, like it's just business. And so a lot of times if you're doing your thing and you're in your lane and you're dominating female or male, um, 
they don't want you to cross them paths. And I find it strange the, for some reason, it's like more intimidating to be a female with bars. And the crazy thing is, I don't even think of myself that way as like someone that's like coming with crazy metaphors and like, you know, like how the, the, the battle rap, like that's not even me. I sit and I feel like I'm actually really simple. I just have great cadences on a beat. But I, I walked in and found Your that it was- Your freestyles are pretty dope, sis. I think you, you downplaying yourself. <laughs> Your freestyles are pretty dope. Like, I, you know, maybe after this, go back and look at some of them freestyles, but go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't want to carry on. Sorry, forgive me. That was a thought. That was a thought. I just happened to say it out loud. That was a thought. No, sorry. you're good. <laughs> you're like, go look at your stuff real quick. <laughs> well, I guess for me, and I'm thankful that I don't even, I don't want to think of myself that highly, but that's just how I view myself. A lot of times it's just three o'clock in the morning. If I'm wake up in an odd mood and I can't go to sleep, I'll just end up writing. And those happen to be the, the ones that people really like. But back to what I was saying, I, I found it odd that, you know, I, that, and, and I'm not the only one I've talked to um, some of the mainstream and, you know, underground. It's just weird for female rappers because Oh man, on so many levels from being a female, being a female, you know, and, and right. being attractive. So you have to be able, you have to watch the, the wolves in sheep clothing. Um, and which is why I'm grateful to have my husband because it's, it's, it's just, I, I don't know. It's just, it's been strange. Um, now my focus with experiencing the strangeness um, has been learning everything and doing everything on my own. Mm -hmm. I find that a lot of times when you get into music, you're quickly trying to get collaborations, but you don't know people's spirits. And that's major to me because, okay, you have a big name, but if, if you're, you know, and I'm not talking about anyone, but if you're cheating on your wife and you're on females DMs and you're doing all kind of crazy stuff, I, I, I can't really roll with it too much. And I'm so big about who I connect with. That's so major to me, especially for becoming like everybody. I think I have what, two features? Yeah, two features. And I know them people very well. And I, I think that's really big. I don't know if you know, you guys know GS, yes. but he was, he was one that told me like, be, be careful of who you connect with and who you're featuring with. Like, just because Christian hip hop is stamped on that Instagram, don't mean nothing. And so, yeah, I, overall, I always say what's meant for me is meant for me. What door I'm supposed to be, what I'm supposed to go in, God has the keys, not a single person. And so it, it's been, it's been uh, a maturing experience to see people and to grow and develop myself. Uh, but also just business minded. Um, I, you get to the place where you're like, I'd rather it be people that I love in the group and building my own team and knowing them and walking and doing life with them. So I don't know if that answered because I didn't want to go into any type of bashing. But what I will say just overall, being a female, you have to be watchful because a lot of times men will just collaborate with you just to be talking to you. Now, that will segue into the next question. And and being watchful, because I know, like, for our sisters to do anything, not even just music, like, they have to be mindful of anybody in, in any wolves in sheep clothing. Because uh, there's a lot of a lot of people who take advantage of that, um, their femininity, their... Uh, 
their looks, uh, their vulnerability, like, does that take a mental toll on uh, on you, not just as an artist, but as a female, period? Oh, my I mean, we're, we're both men, uh, and it's, it's difficult because, oh, I'm going to say it, black, black men, don't, we don't protect our sisters like we should. Yeah. Uh, and, and now, with everything going on, it's something that we really have to do. We can't just come together and forget our sisters. Yeah. Does that take a mental toll on you? Well, you have to do that. And I know you have your husband, but it shouldn't be done. That's not something you should have to watch out for, basically. Yeah. With your own people. Like, how do yeah. you, does that take, did that take a toll on you? That's such an excellent question. Um, yes, definitely, definitely at times, because a lot of times, like I said, you know, I've, I've been in collaboration or not collaboration in conversation with you know, some what y'all would consider major people and it nothing ends up happening about it. And it's like, so why did you talk to me for those three and you through those three months? And you begin to start questioning that people's intentions. Um, I think that as a female, you know, rapper and a female artist, female leader, you find that a lot of times you're gifting your walk with the Lord is downplayed because you're a female. So you're not a heavy hitter like the dudes are. Um, and as far as being protected, I, yes, you're correct. It should be that way. But I don't expect that from anybody because you're not my covering. He's not my covering, which is why the Lord blessed me with one. But yeah, it, it, it definitely takes a mental toll because I find myself going in self-doubt. Like, okay, am I not dope? Or what is happening? Like, and I had a very, very, very raw conversation um, with a rapper a couple of weeks ago. And I actually spoke about this on my Instagram story. And I was speaking about how aggressive female rappers, Christians, so those who wear the baggy pants and the fitted caps, and they just have a more aggressive appearance to them, have it so much easier than feminine rappers. So much women. Oh, I guess I heard myself backwards, but we, they have it uh, uh, easier than the ones that are have the bundles, got the lashes. It's just different. And uh, one of the rappers just hit me up and encouraged me. He said, it has nothing to do with you. You got to understand that you have men because um, it's a male dominant industry. You have men in this industry who will not work with an attractive woman, not because of any reason, but but, but protecting their heart. So if I know I have a lust issue, if I know that I've cheated before, if I know that my wife is insecure because of what I've done in the past, no, I'm not going to bring some, you know what I'm saying, into the, it's just, I'm not strong enough for it. And when he told me that, I was just like, wow. He was like, you'll be surprised at like how many people really struggle with this. Prime example, to give you a very, very, very recent example of the question that you asked it taking a toll on me i had um worked with bizzle in collaboration with um taking pictures in his merch and uh it was on Facebook. he posted on all of his stuff and there was and i i'm gonna just make up some numbers but it's real at the same time say there was a hundred comments 75 of them was basically men saying 
you shouldn't be posting pretty women like this. Men have issues and they deal with watching porn and they deal with da 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 da. And then there's people like women coming in there like, so because she's attractive, she, she's uh, seducing you. And because she's, and it was a whole, like literally like 50 comments and thank God Bizzle end up, ended up deleting that whole thread. But it's things like that. And that's just a recent experience that I had. So yeah, it takes a mental toll because it's like, then you start ripping yourself apart and who God created you as a unique individual and saying, well, maybe I should look like them to be accepted. And so, yeah, it, it definitely, it definitely has very trying moments. And I, I realized though, you know, and I know it's cliche to say this, but it's, it's all worked out for my good. It really has. And it's pushed me to grow and dive deeper in God. That's what all this stuff does. Every time I have controversial things that happen, anytime, you know, someone says something crazy or I get a crazy comment or conversations happen, it's like, okay, back to you, Lord. What do you have to say about this? And show me if I have any fault in this. So yeah, the answer is absolutely. It takes a toll at times. Yeah, I, I I just noticed that because I I say that because um I look at different artists uh, different artists and then you look at the female artists and see the difference besides besides the sex and then I noticed they get the different reactions because of that. Uh, yeah. For instance, uh, Kev on stage did an interview with Jackie Hill Perry and she yes. talked about her past and she got attacked Well, her and Kev on stage got attacked just for her stating her truth uh, about the stuff she deal with and how she got over it. And, um, and it was a lot of people from the church attacking her. And I had to explain to my daughter, the difference between church folks and the kingdom. Come on. Uh, and right then that's when I, I had, I figured like it's best to act an, another female artist, um, like their their views on how uh, how to navigate that music industry uh, yeah while while being a female because i i know i mean i worked in radio for seven eight years uh been dj for 10 15 and to to see the difference between a female artist and even and that's even in secular music I mean, it's not just in chh but it's in secular music as well like they have to dress all um, seductive and crazy just to actually get noticed. And then some of the, it's not even an intention they want. Yeah. Uh, or, the, or it's not even a person that they are. Meg Thee Stallion, for instance, like she raps like this, dressed like this, and the girl is a college student who didn't grow up that way. So it's like, how, why, why would you take that route and come to find out? It's only because that's how she's viewed. And it's yeah. going to sell, it's going to sell. And, uh, that's why I wanted to see, like, to hear, to hear you speak. It's not this music is is not for you to make money. Really, it's yeah, it's more so for you to glorify God. And I, I see Definitely. that in everything you say. So uh, I do commend you on that. Thank you. Yeah, and and I think that you know those type of things when you have so much, like I said, controversial 
controversy behind what you do, it reminds me that, okay, I'm definitely supposed to be here because the enemy is fighting too hard. He's fighting too hard for me to not do it. And so it's just always checking in, asking the Lord, am I in the right path? Am I doing the right thing? And, you know, not even just being a rapper, even before I was a rapper, I've always had um just controversy behind how i look and that i don't it's just it's just odd it's very odd and i think that it's it can happen so quickly i actually went through a season when i had well i won't say the part i went through a season where i was judged on you know how i looked and everything and i went through i think it was like three months i couldn't do it long but like three months i grew up in church so when you back in the day when you grew up in church the women wore dresses and heels nowadays you can go to the you know, the young churches and people got on Jordans, which I think is dope. Come as you are. But when I grew up in church, about that's clothes, all I about souls. <laughs> exactly. When I, but as, but growing up and that's all I knew was dresses and heels. I was judged off of that when I, you know, first went to my church and I remember going through three months wearing t-shirt and, and jeans and Jordans for, I did like for three months just to fit in. And I still didn't. I said, well, back to the heels and the dresses it is. Cause y'all not gonna like me either way. Right. So how about I completely be, and I always have to, when I, cause I talk to a lot of women and I've mentored women that have, you know, similar stories um, like me. And I always tell them like, you gotta re you gotta remember that God created everyone completely different because there are completely different assignments. So me and Wande, we don't have the same audiences. Me and, I don't know if y'all know AI, which is on Bizzle, we don't have the same audiences. I can't reach her people. And sometimes it's simply because of how I look. She can't reach the type of women. I'm married, I have daughters. I am, you know, in business outside of this. There's, there's just different levels to this. And that's why God created, if we were all the same, we wouldn't be able to reach everyone. And when you were talking about Jackie Hill, I know her, I definitely know her story. Haven't read her book, but I heard it was phenomenal. Anytime you speak the truth, once again, growing up in the church, I've been through a lot. I was always told not, hey, there's certain parts of your testimony you need to keep to yourself. Don't, don't be going out telling. And I, I remember I was so amped. I was so excited. I was so in love. You know, that fresh love with Jesus. And I was ready to share. I was ready. I'm, my next performance, y'all, next time I get to a church and I minister, I'm sharing my full testimony. And I had someone very near and dear was like, yeah, but leave that part out. And it took me really actually until this year. I, that was when I was, what, 18? So we're almost 10 years later. I'm just now sharing different parts because of the, the, the slamming of the name and the judgment that comes from people that are probably doing the same thing. They just haven't been caught. If and so I realized that, yeah, it's just like, okay, no, I'm going to walk in my truth because it's freeing. That's why it says the truth will set you free. It's freeing. You can't hold anything over me. I've been redeemed. And, I've, and I'm sorry if I'm talking long, but I also noticed Good. that when you lay things out, the things that I was trying to hide, the things that I was trying to keep tucked away, the things I was trying to keep in the closet, it's so amazing. I was just speaking to a close friend about this, how God has changed the lenses on even on myself. The things that I was ashamed of, I'm like, I can talk to you about it right now. It's not who I am. So it's like I'm talking about old girl down the street because it's literally not who I am anymore and you can't hold it over me. And so I encourage people to talk about it. You know, if you're still struggling with it and you're still dealing with it, then let's go through some therapy, 
therapy is some private stuff, but if you've been set free and you're past it, there are people lives and souls and maturity and elevation that is waiting on you to be transparent and be raw. And I think that is so prideful to keep those things to yourself because as my bro said, it's not about us. This ha when you, the deeper you go, the more you realize this has nothing to do with me. You have to be able to lay your crown down to really walk this walk. That's good. That's good. So, so you, you, you did, you brought up, uh, I was going to get to this question. You brought up Bizzle and the collaboration with the merch. Are we, are we hinting on a possible, uh, you know, a little pen signing on a piece of paper that kind of that God over money stamp. I'm just saying, you know, just asking the question, you know what I'm talking about? You know, I think uh, Dizzle is a, a, an incredible artist. Um, he is someone I look up to very closely, and I steal a lot of things from him. Um, and I don't even have to steal. I can ask, and he's freely giving. But um, he he is just the whole movement. Mm -hmm. um got over money and what they do i've seen them obviously I, I don't well i don't know if you guys know but i opened up for them and i was able to see the behind the scenes and really connect with them and it it's really dope to see people that aren't doing this for business like okay lord you said our gift will make room but that's not my focus mm -hmm. and that's how they walk and i really appreciate that but um <laughs> um she run, rico she running right now she running <laughs> I just want you to know, Rico, you, you know, we, we know. See, this is what we do. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Carry on. That was a thought yeah, in my head. <laughs> I think they're dope. I think they are an incredible team of people. But I'm just, I mean, I'm going to be transparent. I am um, really focused on building myself and building what me and my husband have. Um, God has just shown me. I went to a... Um, what is, I don't know what, it, I think it was considered a convention or something like that, but Mike Todd, Michael Todd, I went to Transformation Church when they, way back, I think it was when they first opened, I cannot remember what it was, but it was the slogan that went throughout the weekend, and it was, um, you, you have all that you need, or something like that, and I remember riding back home um, with that in my head, and it's something that I've been keeping in my heart, because for so long, it, you know, just to be bluntly and transparently honest um as an artist you do look for okay well let me sign with them let me get with this team can y'all y'all have the bigger black platform and and honestly it wasn't ever about a clout or being famous or anything i just wanted to be able to record music regularly that's my love mm. then i remembered when i went to this con uh convention or whatever i had a guy um give me an entire studio and not raggly stuff not cheap stuff i record cheer music outside of this i do cheer music for like cheer championship or championships and all the different type of stuff and the guy was like hey instead of you coming over my house all the time here's a mic here's a monitor here's the speakers here and i'm like wait what and i had this stuff sitting in my basement and so after I had this convention, I said, it's time. And so we began to just build on our own and we got the, the program to be able to engineer. And then we got the, the video editor and it just reminds me like, okay, if that was to happen, you're not getting someone who is ignorant. You're getting someone who is experienced. You're getting someone that has knowledge. You're getting someone that has merch. And so that's really 
uh, the shift that happened with me is no build. You got it. Everything that you need, God is already giving you from birth. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that that if that answered your question, <laughs> that's good. That's what I get. That's that's what I take it. <laughs> but what's next? What's next for TK Lee? Uh, what, what you know? You got your project out. What what's next? You got you got merch out. What are you looking yep. at next? Uh, honestly, I have a another project oh, really? um, that I will be dropping. Yes, everything is written. Some is recorded. Still, uh, a couple songs. Um, I'm waiting to record because I have featured or well, one feature. But um, yeah, so I have a completely new project, and I am so excited about this one as well. Don't get me wrong; I'm incredibly um, grateful um, that God was faithful to me to come out with becoming, but. Every time I, I just get a new album or a new project, I'm just like, wow, God, you keep doing it. Why? You keep doing it. So, yes, I have more music videos lined up. Um, I have some things that I cannot speak about coming up that is really freaking major. Um, things that God just surprised me with that I didn't even know I was going to do um, that will be happening in the fall. Oh, Fall is about to be the season. I'll just say that. Um, but yeah, it's a lot happening. I'm always continuously working, not because necessarily it's just what I do, but God has been pouring so much content in me. It's just overflowing and it's creating projects. So yeah, it's a lot. I do have my merch out, right? I'll, I grabbed it here. Yeah, we got. We definitely got to get some merch. So we got to get Oh my it. gosh. Let me tell you how faithful he is. Two shipments sold out. Now I only have small left. I have like four small shirts. God has been faithful. Like when I tell you, uh, I was thinking like, okay, I'll make some shirts. I'll, you know, order some. I might sell like 10. I sold out my first shipment in two hours. Two hours. Like what? I didn't even, like who? Me? TK? Like what? Second shipment I sold out. I had, like I said, I have like, I don't know, four smalls left. Mm -hmm. So yeah, God has been faithful. More merch coming, doper designs. I always believe in if you are going to do this, we know it's about ministry. We know it's about God. We know it's about uh, uh, the kingdom. And because it's about that, we want to do things in excellence. We don't want to do anything raggedy. We don't want to get, because, you know, Jay-Z ain't going to drop no whack clothing line you know the quality it's gonna be a hundred dollars for a shirt you're gonna get some dope quality and so that's what we're getting in 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 each season in each project i pray that you guys can not only hear the growth but see the growth Mm -hmm. i want you to like i said go on this journey with me so yeah i plan on fall being an amazing season for me and for god's people that's good that's good. I know. I know you. You said you're selective with the features that you. You know. You. You consider. I don't know if you're familiar. And I know you already said one day, and you said AI. Uh, another female that I think would just be a dope, dope, dope feature or collab with you. I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Shani Ladon. Are you familiar with Shani Ladon? She's out of Detroit. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna email you some stuff on her. I, I you know maybe if God tell you to, but I think uh, yeah, you you got. I think y'all would make a hot a hot track <laughs> for real. I mean, it's time. Like, when, I mean, you tell me when you've heard two. I mean, maybe you have, but like, which is, even if we are doing stuff 
that's why I think it's so important for the men to uh, support us and celebrate us to be able so you can see what we're bringing you. Because there might be two female rappers that killed the song. We don't know. You know what I'm saying? All we know is the men. And I think, like, I don't know. It's just, it's really odd because there's, there's, you know, there's women in this world, too, that right. will love to see wives. Praise God for that, too. I'm sorry. That's all the men. All the men <laughs> say that. <laughs> yes. No, for real, like, seriously, they want to see, I want to see somebody look like me that is saved, that believes in being modest, that loves purity, but killing it, but dope, but knows how to dress, that loves fashion or whatever it might be for each individual female, there needs to be more role models. And man, when I tell you, I celebrated one day like she was me when she got signed. Right. Inboxed her like, sis, go and do it. Do it big and don't stop continue to drop music continue to drop uh, uh and i've seen her growth even spiritually like she's doing collaborations and like i think little podcast stuff and just growing um i think she's like she might be like five years younger than me so that's even dope like go go get it and i pray that you know there are more female rappers more female artists more female leaders um that can begin to get to the forefront because like you said you see Megan the Stallion you see Nicki Minaj and it's just like no there there is so many different type of women that are just as dope that are just as intelligent but can do it in a way that they still have integrity and have self-respect and so yeah I send me her stuff I would love to if I I've been looking you know for a female rapper to collab with that's dope there was this girl um named I think her, I think she changed her name, but it was Kayla Starks, which yeah. was she was doing it really big. I don't know if she's Christian hip hop anymore, but so, she was. So full so disclosure, she, I won't go into all the details, and I don't know everything verbatim, but I do know she she has some church hurt uh, mixed in that, so that kind of teared her from doing CHH to now just doing like hip hop music. So yeah. And that interview's coming up. We're actually about to interview her coming up in the next couple of weeks. So I definitely uh, send you the link to that interview so you can listen. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so she'll just... to talk about it. And we need to talk about that more, too, as well. The church hurt. And that's a real thing, especially within the black church. Let's just be real. Ooh, hurt yeah. people. Hurt people. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I definitely know what that means front and back, inside, left, right. I got pregnant out of wedlock. I was on the praise team. My husband was on the praise team, and it was just the biggest blowout. I ended up leaving the church for about two years. Um, and, and just during that time, it was the, the darkest, most depressing. Here I am, 21 pregnant, no sisters, no support. Uh, What? Can somebody like, uh, oh, I forgot that nobody did not have kids outside of marriage. My bad. I forgot I was, oh, I'm the first one. Oh, that's why y'all acting like this. Okay. That makes sense. And it's just, you know, I, I pray for my church because I'm not, not specifically my church, but the church. I pray for the church, the body in general, because I don't know. I, I think these masks are almost suffocating and it begins to make them delusional as if they've never walked in sin. And the crazy thing is a lot of times the people that are judging you and make you feel the way that you feel are doing the same thing on the low. And so I'm praying for Kayla Starks. I, I pray that, you know, she can meet some people that are real enough to say, Hey, we don't care. We don't care what you did. We don't care what you, so what you see all the, and that's what blows my mind is that, 
We can read about Paul. We can read about it. We can read about Jacob. We can read about Moses. We can read about all David's King. We can read about all these people that did far worse. Yes. That God used mm-hmm. crazily in such a major way. And it's like, oh no, he used David. He used Jonah. He used, but he can't use you. Why? And how does that connect? And so, yeah, that's why I, I, that's probably why a lot of people don't mess with me because I'm very outspoken when it comes to, and, and tell me again, remind me of how clean you are again so I can not be offended. Like, tell me again that you didn't do none of this stuff because it's just whack and it's so corny. And that's why I believe in just being in the forefront, pushing this stuff because, you know, I, I like to connect with people that support me and let you know, hey, I'm a real person i talk about so many different from uh, used to being a smoker addicted to that club and partying selling drugs going to jail all types of things being pregnant outside of wedlock yeah i'm gonna talk about it because there's there's far more people that are messed up that aren't doing it right than the ones that waited for marriage did it right did never do anything never watched porn never did it like there's far more of us that did it the wrong way. So can we have hope that we can still be in the kingdom too for the people that are messed up? And so, yeah, I'm praying for, for Kayla Starks and anyone that has gone through church hurt because man, it can be, that's a, that's a beast in itself. When the people that you trust and you love let you down in such a, a huge way, it's major. Last, last question uh, before we get out of here. Uh, you brought up that weed, uh, ex-weed head. Uh, I, I, I myself are an ex-weed smoker, weed head, whatever you want to call it. Can you speak? Because I, I have a lot of people that listen to our show and they know that that is my testimony. And I, and I talk with my cousin Rico a lot on yeah. how that, that, so I have broken the habit where I do not smoke anymore, but the desire has not went anywhere, at least for me. I, hmm. I say at least three or four times a week, I, I have these thoughts where, man, I want to go blow a bag. I want to blow yeah. a bag. Speak a little bit about that and how you kind of overcame, you know, just the struggle of, you know, whether it be drinking, smoking. Speak a little bit to that. Yeah, um, I started, well, smoking like black and mouths when I was like 15. I was working and a girl was smoking one on break and she was like, here, and I smoked it. And that led me to oddly getting high the same night. Um, and then I started dating someone in high school who was, you know, smoking and selling it and doing all kind of stuff. And so I probably smoked for like six years or something like that. But I, I don't know if I can connect too deeply because I never truly enjoyed weed. I just mainly did it because I was with people. I wasn't a downer. I didn't like being like slugged out and like mellowed. I like being, if I, if, you know, unfortunately, if I was wanting to be intoxicated, I, probably would preferably have chosen alcohol but um I was addicted to black and mouse that was the first thing that and I um stopped smoking that like when I was like what 21 and I just the quick testimony because I know we're wrapping it up I was smoking black and mouse three days in a row real life story first day I went outside lit lit the black and mouse looking up in the clouds I'm like lord I'm so sick of smoking 
God, please help me with this habit. It is draining. I'm singing on a praise team and smoking black and mouths at the same time. I'm rapping, ministering, and trying to spray to hide the smoke. I'm tired. This is exhausting. I put it out, stepped on it, no more. Went inside my house, didn't smoke for the rest of the day. Next morning, I'm like, oh, God. Light another one. I'm like, Lord, do you hear me? Because I'm, I'm tired. This is... I have something that's controlling me. This is real life. And I'm sitting here contemplating like I really, this was really just casual smoking that this started out with, with friends. And here I am 21 by myself on a porch smoking a black. What? This is crazy. Put it out. I'm done. Threw it in the bush. Third day I came out, lit the black and mouth. And I said, God, I don't care what you have to do. Please end this addiction. Later that evening, I found out I was pregnant. I said, oh, that, wow. I didn't want you to end it that way, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he said, no, nah, this going to be a reminder here. <laughs> and yeah, I, I, um, which was also because I, I got so much slack behind getting pregnant, but, and now I shared that testimony, you know, uh, well, now I've probably shared it about three years ago. And I said, y'all was judging me on getting pregnant. But y'all didn't know that that was my deliverance at the same time. Don't get me wrong. Shouldn't have been having sex outside of marriage. Shouldn't have been hanging out in apartments alone with my, with now my husband, but then my boyfriend shouldn't have been doing it. But God is so faithful that all those things that the enemy meant for evil, he's like, oh, I'm going to go ahead and put this together and make it work for your good. And that's what my pregnancy did. It, and I never smoked since then. After finding out I was pregnant, I remember looking at the pregnancy test and I laughed. I cried afterwards, but I laughed. And I was like, wow, it was such a, you know, you, in our walks, we talk to the Lord, but you have those, those big moments where you're like, I feel you. I, I, you answered this, like, this is you. How am I praying three days in a row? And on the third day, I'm pregnant. What? And so, yeah, that, that, that's what broke the addiction. Honestly, I, I probably couldn't have done it in my own strength. And matter of fact, I know I couldn't have done it in my own strength. That's why God used what was bad and what I was doing in my perversion and used it and turned it into a miracle for my deliverance. Sis, we appreciate you for rocking with us today. Uh, we got to get you back on because I had a whole bunch of other questions I wanted to ask, but that'll be for another later time. Can you tell the people how they can connect with you, how they can go stream your music, where they can follow you on all your social media platforms? Yep, you can follow me everywhere at T-K-L-E-E. You'll be able to find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, every social media site. I'm on TikTok. I'm trying to get with it. It's kind of hard. Your girl is out here, a wife and a mom and grown. So it's kind of hard for me to do the woe in front of a camera. But, you know, I'm trying. Just, just wait, you know. Um, yeah, you can follow me on there. My album, Becoming, I also have physical copies where you can find the link on all of my social media um, uh, outlets. You'll be able to find all of my albums. If you this is your first time hearing from me, please take your time and listen to Misfit and Becoming, y'all. I'm not somebody out here that's just trying to do it. I put my life into this thing, and I'd like to encourage you all uh, to grow with me on this journey. Follow me. I also have merch. I have a few. It's just smalls left. So women, men, if you fit a small, holler at your girl. Follow me. Connect with me. I do interact with people. I don't just let your DM sit. I love talking to you guys, and I'm so grateful that you guys got me on the show. I had a wonderful time. Oh, thank you for coming on.
Absolutely. And we definitely got to get some merch. So when you restock, I'm, I'm going to email you our sizes so that way you can put ours to the side. We need ours. Oh, I got you, bro. I got you. <laughs> TK Lee, ladies and gentlemen, let's let's get into a music break and we'll be right back. You're tuned in to The Fix. The Fix is in. Yes, sir. Cool your man, man, out of Louisiana. You are now locked in with Coalition King of DJs. Man, he got no coalition got to sit on lock, man. Quit playing. Hey, what's up? It's your boy, Sayla, a.k.a. The Corner. And you're tuned in to The Fix. Your source for faith-infused hip-hop, R&B, and poetry. The Fix is in. Let's get it. Click, click. 